0: hello this is heather um i am on podcast number five and today i have my friend steve who is a very good podcaster and uh he is gonna talk today with me about uh rubik's cubes and other types of games right like yeah Things that I'm not very good at doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Rubik's Cubes and other types of twisty puzzles. Uh, some of these, specifically the ones they actually have competitions for.
0: Oh my God. So I have heard of that. Like it gets mm-hmm. pretty intense. And then there's, I've seen videos where people can unravel a Rubik's Cube in like, I don't know, like a couple minutes' time or something. I don't know how they do it. Uh, uh,
1: Couple minutes. uh, Try a couple of seconds. Couple of seconds. Just yes. So that
0: must be like a memorization of
1: of how it it operates. It's pattern recognition and muscle memory is what it comes down to. Right. Um, Now I mean, now what you had you had to learn it first. uh, What your response would be when you see certain patterns on the cube? I mean, and like since we're talking about, I have a cube right here. It's not the Rubik's brand, I believe this one. Maybe I don't think it's a Shangsha, it's a Chinese brand. I knew that, but but yeah, it's they, they turn a lot easier than the Rubik's brand. And so, you normally don't, don't see people using Rubik's brands in the competitions. But uh, the reason it's called the Rubik's Cube, though, is because it was a man named Erno Rubik, he invented it in 1974. Huh. yep, wow. and yep, he was a professor at a university, he was at he actually taught architecture. And he wasn't even trying to invent it. He he was not trying to invent it to be a game. Uh, He was actually invented to show, like, how you could do 3D stuff. You know, he was teaching the students that. And then it was when he turned it and realized that uh, he couldn't put it back in its original configuration. All of a sudden, that's when he realized, hey, I've got myself a puzzle here. And it actually took him a few years before he was able to solve his own invention. Other people solved it before he did. And... Then later on, um, he got the patent in the U.S. Uh, he was he was actually calling it a magic cube. And then somebody changed the name to the Rubik's Cube. And it became one of the biggest selling toys, especially in the early 80s. Because I know when people say, show me a picture of the 80s, usually you'll see a cube as part of that. I remember and, having one as a kid. <clears throat> I was about to ask you, um, did you ever have one?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember I had one at some point. I don't know if it was a, a birthday or like Christmas or something, but at some point I had one. And uh, I mean, I I remember, you know, playing with it a little bit, kind of like the, you know, shake the eight ball thing or some really iconic toys back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, But that was definitely one of them. I didn't know that there was a history about who invented it. Mm -hmm. I've never looked into all
1: that. Yep. Um, And here's a wild thing, kind of a side note, because he was from Hungary and that was during the time when Hungary was behind the Iron Curtain. Well, all this money started pouring in from these countries because, of course, they had the patent and it, the invention was his. And so they were getting all this money they were pointing to into Hungary. And that was one of the reasons Hungary decided, yeah, we don't want to be behind the Iron Curtain anymore because <laughs> we like this a lot better because yeah. we're doing a whole lot just with that. So, yeah, the uh, the Rubik's Cube to help bring down the wall in a way. So, <laughs> yep. but that's Have another you- side
0: have you been able to successfully solve a Rubik's Cube? I don't remember. I feel like when I was younger, I, I might have, but it's been such a long time.
1: Tell you what, I'll do it while we're talking. Oh, um, okay. Uh, apparently, you don't remember over in, when we were in Afghanistan, somebody had a cube over there in our office, our big tent office, and I actually, it was myself and one of the um, uh, a guy, was first name Louis. I don't know, I'm, I'm to uh, say last names on here, but um, he and I, he actually also knew how to solve, it, and he and I actually discussed different methods, you know, see, so because right now, you know, you get one side first, usually it's the white side, but um, everybody kind of has their preference, you know, you get, you get, you try to get the cross first, then you start getting the corners, once you get the corners, then you start to get these edge pieces, uh, which that's what I'm doing right now. As soon as I can find, and I got two edge pieces that are totally out of whack. And and by the way, I am not a speed solver. My best time is a minute 04, um, which that would get me laughed at at a competition, uh, because.
0: Um, Better than my skills. I, if I try to do that right now, God only knows how long (laughs) (laughs) I haven't tried to solve a Rubik's cube in many, many years. Um, but that looks, it's hard. I mean, I don't know, you know, people have, to be honest with you, who, because a lot of people have them in their houses and you have a lot of different, I have a lot.
1: There's some, I have, um, between what's in my office behind me right now and in my living room, I have around 300 different types, you've of it.
0: 300 different types of Rubik's cubes. How much do you think you've spent on all those
1: Rubik's cubes? My
0: oh,
1: <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can answer it <laughs> because I honestly don't know. I've had some that were given to me. Um, I lucked out a couple of years ago where somebody, they were sending like 60 puzzles uh, for like $50 or 70 puzzles or $60, something like that. And I was like, so boom, I got it. And you know, I don't know the guy, he was, he was actually, oddly enough, he was in the army. He was getting ready to go to Korea and, and it was just less stuff he'd have to take with him. You know, so he gave me, like, he sold me like, quite a bit of his collection. That's where I got, eh, in fact, I want to say that, that may be where I got, this one was from that particular purchase. Um, but when we're talking about the, the competitions, the competition, But well, okay, let me tell you the records. It's, uh, the record for the three by three by three cube. Is 3.47 seconds.
0: That just sounds, like, how do you even move your hands that fast? That's what I'm thinking.
1: Uh, I've seen some of the replays of it, and it's so fast, even when they show the replay in slow motion, it's still a blur.
0: That's crazy. I mean, who is this person that's doing this in 3.5 seconds?
1: Uh, It is a man from China named Yuxing Du. Huh. And... Uh, One of the best Cubers in the world is actually a a kid, uh, actually I think he's like around 20 now, named Max Park. He is actually American. Um, He is part of a, uh, he's one of the main subjects of a documentary called Speed Cubers. You can find it on Netflix, Um, but he has the records, uh, he actually has the um, best average record, I think. Um, yeah, he's tied for the best average time of 4.86 seconds. And what they do is they, get, they take five solves, they throw out the the highest and the lowest, and then they take the average of the three that are left. Um, but besides the three by three, I'll go ahead and show all the one and the re- I'll show all these plus one more, and, I, and I'll there'll be a reason not. there's a reason I'll show the, the one more. This is a two by two. That's awesome. you know, which, yep, two by two, I'll shoot a three by three. It's a, a four by four, which is scrambled. That's um, like I'd the
0: most think. typical one you find in stores, right?
1: Yeah, three by threes and two by twos you can find, in, and you can find those at Walmart. Uh, four by four, you might be able to find those in other, you know, different like actual puzzle shops. Uh, five by five, you know, that'd be kind of hard. If you go down to Disney and Epcot in the the Chinese section, a lot mm-hmm. they one of the shops there it actually sells cubes.
0: I know um, when we were at Disneyland, we saw like a Disneyland cube. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, I have
1: I have some of those <laughs> five by five, six by six, a seven by seven, and that's the highest they'll go for competitions. Uh, but you also have things that are not cube. Well, they're a cube shape, but they're not cube. This right here is called a skewb. You see how it's shaped? You know, you see how the axis is a little different. Yeah. And I apologize for all the audio people who can't see this, but. Uh cube is spelled S-K-E-W-B if you want to look it up. Uh, this one here is called a square one. This is one of the most difficult puzzles to me anyway. This is one I've never been able to solve without having to look it up. But this one uh, actually is called a sh- is considered to be a shape shifter because you can actually, when you turn it, you can change the shape of it so it's no longer a cube. Um, but just the way this one is designed, it makes it hard. Uh, this is a megamix. It is, It is 12-sided. And all the sides uh, are shaped as pentagons. It's a so it's a dodecahedron is uh, what it's considered. I sound like such a nerd right now, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, megaminx. Um, This is also part of the competitions. Um, a pyraminx shaped like a pyramid. This was one of the ones when I was a kid. I this is one of the ones I actually figured out how to solve on my own. Um, and when I was a kid, I mean that was a long time ago. Uh, you, you may have not even been born yet when <laughs> when I figured out how to solve this. Um, and that was when I actually, the Rubik's Cube, I didn't figure out how to solve until around 2002. So, and this right here is a clock. This is the last thing they have for the competitions. Um, this one, it has, it's two-sided and each side has nine clock faces and you're, and it has four buttons. I don't know if you can... Of see those, that one's really different. Oh, yeah, it has no buttons and it has these rotors that you turn. Um, your goal is to get on both sides all nine clock faces to point at 12. So, yeah, so they have competitions on those. Um, the two by two, the record is 0.49 seconds. Wow, so that's great. Yep. And that kid, Max Park, he has the records in the four by four, five by five, six by six and seven by seven. Then this is when it gets kind of interesting. Do you think, he, you know,
0: Sorry about that. We had a little glitch with the uh, internet here, but uh, Steve is back talking about his uh,
1: (laughs) Rubik's cube skills. Yeah. uh, Well, this one is a skill I don't have and it's doing the three, but this is part of the competitions. It's doing the three by three blindfolded.
0: Wow. I don't think I can do that at all. I mean, you'd really have to be going off of muscle memory and like have trained yourself to solve this several times, I would think.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, what they do is they, they, See the cube, they look at it and they pick it. Hello, are the glitches done?
0: I think the glitches are done. I hope the internet has become stabilized, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah,
1: We'll see it. Maybe on my end, um, but we'll see. Because I think the last thing I said was blindfolded.
0: Yeah. So somebody can solve these blindfolded, which to me, I'm like, that just sounds impossible unless you've just literally,
1: you're going oh, to memory. It gets, it gets even better. Well, because the record, um, is 14, um, 14.51 seconds. Jeez. Um, there's another competition called the fewest moves. And what that is is they look at a scrambled cube and they write down what the moves would be, you know, to solve it. And then a judge will come by and try their moves. Um, and so it can be solved in 16 moves. That's the, the record. Uh, there's also one-handed. And when I say one-handed, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I literally just assume one, And I usually use my left hand right now. I have it in my right hand. Um, then there's a four-by-four four blindfolded, the five-by-five five blindfolded. And here's the one that really blew your mind. And I can actually send you a link to some of these just to check them out because it, it, the three-by-three three multi-blindfolded. In other words, um, they have a bunch of cubes that are scrambled in front of them, and then they memorize all of them, and then they drop their blindfold, and then they start solving them one by one, and they have an hour to solve as many as what they can. the record is 62 out of 65 cubes solved blindfolded.
0: That's a lo- That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine it. And I'm sorry, how many Rubik's Cubes did you say you have at this point in your? uh
1: Around 300. 300. Wow.
0: Yeah. You have shelving for it and everything.
1: Yeah. And well, some of them, like I said, I my, my, my office is kind of a mess right now. You can kind of see, well, also oh, my, yeah. some of my, my wrestling stuff. uh But the one that they don't have in competitions, and I'll show you this one because this is my biggest one dimension wise. This is a 15 by 15 by 15.
0: Oh my God. That's
1: ridiculous. And, yep. And, and yes, I have solved it. Um, it takes me a few hours, <laughs> but, uh, because you can't turn it real fast because the pieces are so small that they'll pop out. Yeah. But, but yeah. So, um, and I know it sounds, yeah, well, it, it's very tedious trying to solve it. That's why last time I scrambled I was like, why'd I do that? You know, because now if I want to solve it, it's just, gonna, it's going to take me, you know, a few hours, um, but speaking of competitions, there is one that's going to be happening up your way. Um, but I'm pretty sure on that day you have other things going on because it's on November 5th. It's on my birthday. Oh, yep. my gosh. Yep. Huh. That's it. And it's going to be in St. Louis. Because I, I was just looking up on, you know, to see um, where the competitions were. I've not I've never actually been to a competition, uh, partly because I think I'd fell out of place because I'd feel like a grandpa in there. Because... Um, the demographic for this um like the, the speed cure is de- it's definitely a young person's game um partly because i mean they're not like old like me and have arthritis sitting in their hands uh, <laughs> but they but they also have all the time to practice yeah and they're a little <laughs> sharper right I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know i
0: mean like it just seems like something like you know when you have a lot of energy and you're younger you're a little better at i could be wrong though i mean i don't know how old the guy in china was when he uh oh uh,
1: you know what i better i look um probably young dude uh let me look it up um but yeah if you ever get a chance check out that if, if you have netflix go check out um it's called Speed Cubers. and are you uh, saying
0: you're going to be at this competition
1: no or? no um uh, I, was, I was just looking up where the comp i was going to see if there was any around here and there's not. The, the closest one that I want, because I'm close to Cincinnati, but there's going to be a couple in uh, Columbus here coming up. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't feel like driving to Columbus because I w- wouldn't be entered because you have to be able um, you have to be able to solve it under a certain time um, to advance. Well, I mean, I guess I could just to say, hey, look, I entered. Uh, I was hoping it would actually have this person's age, but it does not. Um, Yeah, it d- doesn't have the age. But more than likely, I mean, they're probably young. Um
0: well, it sounds awesome. I, I mean, if I were you, I would definitely try to make it out to one because I mean, this is something that you're kind of passionate about. It's unique in nature. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, I would at least you maybe you should try to make, make this yeah. one or just make one of them at least. I think it'd be it. Well,
1: maybe just to get my name down saying, oh, look, I'm actually part of that community, but I mean, I'm more of a collector. Um yeah. Uh, Some of the ones I have, I mean, besides that big 15 by 15, I also have some that have pictures on them, like the ones that you saw at Disney. Uh, I have a few of those. um, And have other different configurations of different ones because between the the 7 by 7 and the 15 by 15, I have an 8 by 8, a 9 by 9, a 10 by 10, 11 by 11, 12 by 12, and then it jumps up to the 15 just because I got a good deal on it. That's awesome. Um, Yep. So, so. I would actually, um, you know, I always recommend people get their kids, hey, you want to keep your kids quiet, keep them out of trouble, give them cubes.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I need like several of those. No, i kidding. No, yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of patience, though, too. Like, I th- I feel like some kids might not be able to focus on it long enough, but it does keep you really engaged. I oh, mean, it
1: does. Absolutely.
0: It'll suck you in because I, I, I remember playing with one for like hours as a kid and just kind of being intrigued, you know. Like, why can't I figure this out?
1: <laughs> You're smart. I guarantee you could get it.
0: Yeah, it would just take a little time, you know, and it takes patience, right? And interest and all that. Mm-hmm. Got to be fascinated with
1: it. And I say you do code.
0: Yeah, Come and up. that takes a ton of
1: patience. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've actually just today I was working on just uh, some buttons that have drop downs, and like I had it working perfect, and I did the smallest thing, and now it's not working, and I'm like, I have to have the patience of the saint yeah it's, yeah it's the smallest thing but god it can be frustrating as all just something so simple you just got to have tons of
1: patience
0: <laughs> like a lot
1: <laughs> but, oh yeah because i mean well look, what little coding i've done i mean it's been well besides working with vb for excel um i did some coding when i was still in the air force but that was for you know the job i was doing and so we had to do some of it but i mean i uh it was me and some of the other people we actually took a like into it of course ironically enough they were also um They also had the wrong Rubik's cubes. (laughs) And so it, um, so I guarantee you, you could do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm not the like top programmer coder of the year or anything. I'm still kind of new to it, but I figure it out, you know, in due time (laughs) and it gets done somehow, but, um, yeah, I probably could do it. I mean, like, you know, this would take a little time and I'd have to have patience. I get sidetracked a lot. I'll be like working on it. And I'm like, Oh, fluffy bunnies.
1: (laughs) That's my (laughs) issue. I look squirrel.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that happens. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, so, I mean, what other kind of, uh, like niche or worldwide, you know, events do they have for this kind of stuff and what other things are similar that, uh, have picked up momentum like you know as far as puzzles and stuff because i'm trying to think of other things that are similar in nature i can't off
1: the top of my head remember um well the competitions they have they actually have a, a world championship every two years and the location moves um i know it was in australia a couple years ago because at the time the the guy considered the top cuber in the world was australian And he's actually the other half of that documentary. Uh, Remember, it's called Speed Cubers. You got to check it out. I mean, um, and partly also because the main kid, uh, Max Park, he's also autistic. Yeah, well,
0: surprisingly, autistic people can have like these strange um, intelligences and like a savant or whatever. Mm -hmm. You've heard of that, but they can like, I was watching a documentary about Um, Like a group of autistic children that were, you know, diagnosed as savants and like they were, you know, really bad at social interaction. But when it came to like a certain type of thing, like a math skill or like one guy was able to memorize everybody's name in an entire audience of 50 people right off the bat, like he was just amazing at memorizing lists and even though he did, he kind of lacked social skills, it's like it affects the brain where there's there may be some certain types of social skills lacking, but then they have like these other skills that are highly enhanced for some reason. It's really strange how that
1: works. Well, um, this kid, like on that show in documentary, his mom actually got him a cue to help out with some skills. And then he took such a liking to it, then he's become one of the best in the world. And he just admired... The Australian guy named Felix, Felix Zemdigs, and they ended up becoming really good friends. And so it, it, part of the documentary actually kind of shows their friendship. And, yeah, I, I you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, it's, um, yeah, they talk about the cube, but it's really, there's more to that documentary than just, hey, look, here's how you solve a Rubik's cube. I mean, it's um, kind of Felix Zemdigs, he's kind of, he's getting older, so he's having to do other things like get a job you know because even though he was you know he was actually getting paid pretty decent money for these competitions he was winning but that's not exactly a a career path that you can just keep going down you know because you know eventually that's going to fizzle out but
0: yeah no definitely I mean that that's not something. it catches traction it becomes famous and popular and then it just dies out like everything else right (laughs) yeah there's a lot of things that that um you know stay popular but it just doesn't you know keep everybody's attention in the media forever or whatever you know but the rubik's no, it. it's a you know it's an old-fashioned pastime and i don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon no i mean it
1: did fizzle for a little bit and then i want to say like late 90s early 2000s it started coming back again uh, and especially when youtube started then you could actually uh, watch videos on how to solve it. And they had these other videos with the fastest solves and, um, other things. So it's kind of caught traction again, but I mean, I don't think it, the popularity, I don't think it'll ever match what it was in the early eighties, but the toys, because it is considered a toy, even though it's mostly adults anymore that like me, uh, because apparently I'm 49 years old, but I'm 10. And, you know, so, um, It's never, I don't think it'll ever completely die out, but it's one of the best selling toys in the world.
0: Oh yeah, it reminds me of like Monopoly. Like Monopoly Mm -hmm. has been around for ages and all they keep, they, they keep coming out with like different variations of it. Like you can get any kind of Monopoly game you can possibly think of. I mean, I have found like a Pokemon one, um, I, you name it, you Google like Monopoly, you know, San Rio or like guitars, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they will be, and it, I mean, it. they sell well and it's kind of like one of those games. It's just, it's not going to go anywhere, you know?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, since your hometown Seattle, I'm pretty sure there's a Seattleopoly somewhere. I'm probably,
0: Monopoly. yeah, I would not yeah. doubt if there was something like that <laughs> at all. You know what? I'm going to Google it right now and just see
1: <laughs> Seattle Monopoly or Seattle-opoly. Let's see.
0: There's a chicago Oppoly. There's, yeah, there's a Seattle-opoly. That's what they oh, call so it. So Seattle's
1: big enough, I figured there would be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, a lot of interesting things happen in Seattle. You know, you got Bill Gates, you got Nirvana. I mean, I don't know. It's expensive. Say,
1: there. But so you had the old grunge scene. You have Sir Mix-a-Lot.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually went to school with Sir Mix-a-Lot's nephew, and Sir Mix-a-Lot lives next door to my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. we um we uh went to school. I think I uh, I think he's on my Facebook. Um I've known him since like first grade or something
1: or third grade. I don't remember. Oh, oh, his nephew?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a small world. I mean, it is just and he lives in the Auburn area. My mom's from Auburn, so um and surprisingly, he's decided to stay there. I don't know why cuz I mean, it's, Washington's just kind of I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, he's People know him around there. (laughs) I think he's still going with music. I mean, I I don't know if he's completely stopped.
1: Let's see. I knew of Sir Mix-a-Lot even before Baby Got Back came out because of um, the song My uh, Hoopty. Because the car I drove at the time was kind of a hoopty, and everybody called it the hoopty. Oh my god! So people, yeah, they couldn't play the song in my car though because my car didn't have a radio, Um, not a working one anyway, but. Yeah, then y'all. Seattle also had other other bands, Candlebox, um, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam, um, yeah. Metal Church. I don't know if you ever heard of them or not, but
0: a lot of mostly like rock music, you know, like a lot of like grunge and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of music that's come out of that area and still does um but austin's really good for music too i mean i don't know when i was stationed out there and we would go out there there were some really good live bands downtown or down on what is it first street or sixth street or something like that you every place you go into has a band that sounds like it should be famous i mean it's just amazing
1: that was in austin
0: austin yeah i mean austin's like a music capital it's known yeah
1: i mean i I knew there was a pretty big scene there i didn't realize it's
0: really good. I, I almost would have to say it might be better than Seattle's music scene. I mean, I can't, don't quote me on that. I'm not like a music connoisseur, but it's pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, but w- So so the Rubik's Cube was technically invented out of China, correct? Hungary. Hungary. Okay, so it originated yes. in Hungary, and, but then mm-hmm. the Chinese man set the record for solving
1: it. Yes, and that was just a few years ago.
0: And who is the Hungarian guy
1: who- Erno- invented- or woman erno rubik erno and so it's uh, actually erno, took on his name yeah oh okay. yeah um and he didn't actually he he was called the magic cube and then when the patent was filed in the u.s uh they changed the name to rubik's cube
0: huh that's fascinating yeah that is uh that's pretty cool i mean i think it's awesome i'm gonna buy myself one now after this This podcast we're doing because i I need a rubik's cube in my my life and it's a great like little um fidget device i don't know a lot of people Mm -hmm. need something to kind of mess with in their hands like i don't i've gotten like these like clay you know things you can play with and stuff or like putty but like a rubik's cube that's just as good
1: i mean you can always go to like walmart somewhere like that and get them um and they're coming out with more and more variations of them Uh, There's one that my wife sent me a video of the other day that it's heat activated. It looks all black until you touch it, and then you'll see what colors they are. And so that makes it it gives it a little bit more of a challenge when you're trying to solve it. Um, In fact, I, I do have another one that I have not scrambled, I'm afraid to, where, okay, you know how you have some pictures, like you look at it from one angle, it looks like one thing. You turn it to the side, it looks like something totally different. Yes, I, there's one that actually it's set up like that as well. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, they're they're trying to throw more and more challenges out there, uh, you know, for it. Mean, especially you know for the competitions and, um, but yeah, it's just it's good fun and it's and, um, well, like my my brother-in-law. He actually picked it up. He started messing with it because we got there. Uh, my nephew a Pyraminx, because he was just fascinated by mine. And then, well, his dad, my brother in law, started messing with it. Then he went and bought himself some cubes and he got on YouTube and learned how to solve. Them. And then my sister in law, she came and she's like, "Hey, you're the one who started this." I'm like, "Hey, you know what? I said it's a lot better than him being addicted to drugs." Like, I agree. You know? So, that. yeah, she's like, "Yeah, that's true."
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, hey, if that's what makes you happy, and it's just by, I mean, that you can't. Can't argue with that. That's that's not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> and on if you go on Amazon, I believe, you can actually get it on eBay also. Um, but you can actually buy packages if um because a Rubik's brand will cost you about 12 or $13. Um, but you can get some that aren't necessarily um Rubik's, but you can get like bundles. Where you'll get like a two by two, a three by three, like a four by four, and like a pyramid,s all together for a little bit better price. Nice. Uh, let me see. So you're gonna find that, and I can actually. Um, so did you ever even take the stickers off of it? Of what or the? Rubik's did you sticker? take it up, The cube, yeah.
0: Oh, so no, I think I just I don't know what happened. The one I had when I was younger I, I i don't know what happened to it but i don't think i took the stickers off or anything like the colors mm-hmm. no i don't think i did that
1: here Why? i'll actually you send you that that was one of the things always here i mean i used to do it too was i used to take the stickers off of it i'm like yes i <laughs> But <laughs> um all right i just sent you a text and i know the audio people can't see this but in fact, I can barely see it because the lights all messed up, but it's a bundle pack. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just sent that to you. It's a two by two, a three by three, a four by four, a mix, and a mega mix all together.
0: Oh, those are really nice. It's a pack of six. And it, yeah, it gives you like a hexagon ball shape, a uh triangular, like pyramid shaped one. Mm-hmm. Just basically, you know. I, I the heck, the I don't know if you what is that called? A Pentagon? Not a Pentagon, a hexagon. Uh
1: that, is- that one is a it's the Megamix. It's um, a dodecahedron because it's 12-sided, uh, but all the sides are Pentagon-shaped.
0: Yeah, yeah. that one looks intriguing to me because it, it looks, mm-hmm. you know, I would want to check that one out. That should be on my list of things to buy on Amazon, you know, yeah. you to come <laughs> to my door any further than they already do, but...
1: <laughs> oh, and see that one, they're all stickerless. They're starting to make those now, not just to keep people from taking the stickers off, but also to keep them from fading. Because after time the stickers will fade. Yeah. You know, so if they're stickerless like this one, they can't fade.
0: Huh? Oh yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's no stickers on there. It's mm-hmm. just a colored plot. Like the pieces are actually colored that way. That's pretty cool. And
1: I know we, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left because I can see the timer. Yeah. And, but just real quick, one kind of a quick, I'm a nerd kind kind of moment. You know, many combinations there are, or possible combinations there are for this regular three by three cube. How many? 43 quintillion
0: that's insane I I would have never imagined that in my right mind like yeah
1: now don't ask me about the engineering math they they use to figure that out but think about 43 quintillion there it's impossible even if you look at every combination for one second you'd still wouldn't live long enough to see all of them
0: that's crazy i mean yeah. who did that math and i don't want to ever do that <laughs>
1: um some engineer that's probably making more money than i am because they're probably doing engineering stuff and i'm not
0: probably making more money than all of us combined yeah yes sounds very s- skillful
1: yeah yeah. so yeah so go ahead and i just sent you that one so um it's a good way to start you can buy um get that for your son it's a good uh okay.
0: It it, it'll ter- it teaches patience too. That's the teaches one.
1: patience. I mean, it teaches like muscle memory, and pattern recognition, pattern recognition and muscle memory
0: pattern recon- recognition is a big deal. I mean, if you think about like, you need to kind of like notice patterns all around you at all times. Mm-hmm. I feel like in society, uh, we kind of have this, like, what do you call that? Like uh, an algorithm of patterns. Mm-hmm are really important to recognize so you start yeah
1: perfect work they're all algorithms mm-hmm. on how you solve them yeah but,
0: algorithms are a big thing like i mean it's like it basically controls all of society and i think uh we just weren't really people didn't become aware of it until recently because we have all these computers and stuff that can measure them now
1: mm-hmm. well, somebody had somebody had to program the computers
0: goodness I'm sorry the uh amazon prime person pulled by the door and my dog is barking at them. Were they bringing you cubes? <laughs> no, not yet, but soon. So we are, we are uh, getting close to time. So I just want to thank you for coming on my podcast and for talking about your awesome skill of Rubik's cubes and your knowledge. <laughs> is very useful to people who know nothing about it. And I want to thank everybody for listening and I will be recording again in another week or two and uh, have a great day. Goodbye.
1: All right. Thank you, Heather. Goodbye.
0: Okay.